Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Hey everybody, I just spent the week on vacation in Hawaii. Matt and I went to Maui, just the two of us, and and I've been thinking about what I wanted to share with you, and I'm not sure if it's that um, while I was there I read a lot of Rebecca Solnit and Katherine Schultz, um, or maybe it was the humidity or the ocean. But I've really been thinking about longing. And Solnit says in her book, A Field Guide to Getting Lost, she says, if you can look across the distance without wanting to close it up, if you can own your own longing the same way you can own the beauty of that blue that can never be possessed, For something of this longing will, like the blue of distance, only be relocated, not assuaged, by acquisition and arrival, just as the mountains cease to be blue when you arrive among them, and the blue instead tents the necks beyond. Somewhere in this is the mystery of why tragedies are more beautiful than comedies and why we take such huge pleasure in the sadness of certain songs and stories. Something is always far away. I love that so much. Rebecca Solnit so often puts into words things that I've, <laughs> I feel like I've felt forever but haven't articulated aloud. When I look at stretches of my life and my time, I can see a length of longing for something, like a a preoccupation for wanting something, and then sometimes an arrival at that thing, and maybe hopefully a relishing of that thing that I've longed for. And then pretty soon, the entrance of something else I long for. And then it starts again. And of course, it's not always linear. And we can long for so many things at one time, things or people that actually never arrive at all. But I, I, I love her idea of the sensation of longing itself, and being able to just feel that as a wholeness. And let that have its own well-rounded beauty that's, that has a completion or feels complete without actually needing it to be completed. <laughs> um, I long for the ocean and for the stillness that it provides me on the inside. And, and the waves have a way, I don't know if you have this experience at the ocean, but the waves have a way of dissolving my 
routine anxiety, and they they remind me of how big the world is. But interestingly, when I get to the shore, when I actually get to the edge of the ocean, the thing that I have longed for, sitting there next to the water, looking out, you know, at the edge of the world, that makes me long for other things like answers and a cure for cancer and time to slow down. We were we were in Maui and we rented a car so that we could drive to Hana. And the road to Hana from from where we started was a little over 2 hours and it was it was misty and rainy that morning and we we left pretty early. And the road was super windy and went went up this mountain and the vegetation was lush and green and the, the views were just really gorgeous. You could even see waterfalls along the way, even from the car. And it was breathtaking and ever-changing. And um, there were places to stop and to pull over and to t- kind of take it all in. And it smelled like damp earth, and it smelled like the ocean, because the ocean was really pretty close. And there's also lots of eucalyptus trees, so it smelled like eucalyptus and fresh rain. And, <clears throat> of course, like I wanted to take pictures to capture it, but every picture I took kind of paled in comparison to what we were actually witnessing. And so after a little while, I turned my phone off, and I just put the camera away. So instead of documenting it, I could just be fully present with nature. And then I thought about, too, how well documented we are these days generally. And I wonder how much most of us really go back and and study the pictures and look at the pictures that we've taken instead of just closing our eyes and remembering the sensations of what we have experienced. And I think how much we document and post about our lives has actually changed the landscape of longing. And I believe that because we have more at our fingertips now, I think it actually means that we we have less to long for. We we read that there was this really special coconut milk ice cream at this roadside stand on our way to Hana. And we were both pretty excited about it. And um, so as we were traveling up this road, our excitement was building about this ice cream. (laughs) And we knew the mile marker to look out for it. And when we finally saw it, Coconut Glens is the name um, it was very muggy and humid, and we were hungry, and we pulled over, and there was several cars that were pulled over, too, and people were sitting outside with these blissful looks on their faces as they ate what looked to be really delicious ice cream. And so we got out of the car, and we started walking up to the stand, and they had this um, hand-painted board with all the, these different flavors But I was going to opt for the original flavor, which was fresh coconut. And I looked over at Matt, and he just looked really happy (laughs) to be there. And then I looked again at the flavor sign. 
and it said cash only. And we looked at each other and said shit at the same time. We forgot to bring cash. And we just stood there staring at these people with the with the ice cream, feeling very sorry for ourselves and not sure what to do. And I said, well, you know, I guess we could offer to Venmo one of these really happy people some money um, for cash in exchange. But then we remembered that our phones didn't really have service on this windy mountain road. So we <laughs> we got back into the car and we kept driving. And I let it go and just started immersing myself in the scenery. Um, and after two or three minutes of silence, Matt said, we're going to find a way. We're going to find some sort of way to taste that ice cream. And I laughed and he looked very serious. And about four miles down the road, we stopped at this little roadside market to get a cold drink and to see if we could find any local treasures to bring back to the kids. And we were browsing around at this little outdoor market. And <laughs> bless Pat, there was a freezer, um, a little freezer by the fresh pineapple stand of small containers of Coconut Glen's ice cream. And we bought a pint of the original flavor, the fresh coconut. And Matt looked at me and he said, see, I told you we were going to find a way. And they took our credit card and we devoured exactly what we had longed for, maybe even longed for more <laughs> after we were denied the first time. After some leisurely stops that took us off the beaten path, we decided we were ready to go back down the mountain. And it looked like from the map that we could take a different route on the way home. And so we decided to go down the backside of the mountain. And as beautiful as the way up had been, we thought maybe there would be a different beauty on the other road. And so we'd probably been going about 45 minutes at least. And in the back road, while it was really pretty and lush and wild, it was also less maintained and there was no guardrails and it seemed to be kind of like a little sketchy in places where there was no shoulder or where there was like a steep drop off. But we kept driving even though my stomach was a little jumpy on that road. And then we came to some orange cones and a sign that said road closed. And so we looped back and there was this little station that had a person working in a booth um, to offer information. And we asked the lady to make sure and she said, yep, the road's closed because there is no road anymore. It was washed away with the rains yesterday. And so reluctantly we turned around and we backtracked to the road that we had come in on. And it looked very different to me on the way down. It was more blurry, um, maybe because we were going faster, uh, but also my longing was different. I was ready to get home. I was hungry and I felt less patient because we kind of lost a lot of time. We are usually longing for things to be other than they are, or we long for them to stay the same. And we're so busy longing for one certain thing that we think should be a certain way that sometimes we miss when things change form, when our longings are delivered to us in a different way 
than we had imagined. But sometimes the form is even better than what we could have manufactured, the form that we end up with. And I think the ask is, is that we stay soft and open while we long so that we're able to notice when something has changed form, maybe even for the better. I have this memory of, of being a teenager. I was probably around 14 and it was, it was um, rainy and chilly in Montgomery, Alabama. And I, I know that I was too young to drive, so I think I was probably about 14. Uh, my friend Courtney was over at my house, and, and we decided to take a walk. And we got stuck in the rain with no umbrella. And, the, you know, the rains in the deep south are just, like, drenching and super heavy and wet and can really <laughs> soak you to the bone. And so it was one of those kind of rains. And we were probably about a mile from my house. and But we had a little money on us. And I remember that after the rain slowed down a little, we stopped on the way back to get some French fries. And we were soaking wet and we were cold and shivering, but we got these piping hot French fries and I remember that being one of the moments in my life that I was completely happy to be alive. Those fries being so hot and I was so cold. And it filled a really simple and primal longing that I had. And as we walked back, I said to her, I still remember what I said. I said, I don't think anyone, <laughs> anyone has ever enjoyed fries this much. And it's funny, that memory has remained with me. I don't think I've ever told that story out loud. And I wonder if Courtney remembers it. I'll ask her. But I do know this. Every time I have ordered fries since that day, and it's been so many years, every time I think about that rainy walk and those very hot fries, and nothing's ever compared to it. And I've longed to recreate that feeling for so many years and I'm also, I'm also curious as I tell all of these little stories, I'm curious if longing changes form when we talk about it out loud. It seems like private longing has a mystique around it that becomes different when we enlist other people in our quest for what we're hoping for. Because I think the sensations actually change form. Maybe it's because people try and help help you get what you want. They help you solve the longing instead of letting it hang there in a place of sensation and private discovery. I used to know somebody who lived in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and she would go shopping for clothes or stuff for her house, and she would get a cart and she would put things that she loved in the cart and she would push it around for a while while she looked. And then after a certain amount of time, she would put the items back and leave. And she said, it's enough to push them around for a while and to imagine that she owned them. She said it actually called up for her the sensations of happiness for having these things, and it was enough to fill her longing for them. 
that after a while of pushing them around, she didn't need to buy them at all. And I've always loved this about her. And through the years, I have tried this for myself a few times, and I've always thought about her when I push my cart around. I recently heard an amazing story about a woman who, um, who was a very good swimmer, and she would go out into the ocean early in the mornings and swim. And one morning she was out, and she felt something underneath her, something swimming with her. And initially she was pretty scared. But at some point she realized that it was a baby whale. And shortly after she realized this baby whale was swimming with her, she saw her friend waving her down from the dock and he was trying to get her attention. And somehow he let her know that the baby, the baby whale was looking for his mother and he was lost. And so he told her to keep swimming with the baby whale so that they could try and locate the mother. And so she did. She kept swimming for several hours and she was getting very tired and worried that she might not be able to to keep going. But at the same time, the absolute gorgeous, mind-blowing thing that was happening, being able to swim with this baby whale, was um, was taking over her consciousness. And eventually, fishermen and people were able to help locate this mother whale and gently guide her back to her baby while the swimmer never left his side, never left the baby's side. And she talked, I heard her interview and interviewed and she talked about when she saw this gigantic mama whale coming in to find her baby that she felt frightened, but that the baby and the mother whale must have communicated somehow when they were approaching each other, that she was a helper and the mother whale came up and nuzzled the swimmer and touched her. Can you imagine what a moment that must have been for her. And that I thought about this story all week as we stared at the ocean for hours, hoping to see a glimpse of a whale. And everybody told us that it wasn't the right time of year for whales, that they'd already um, migrated to Alaska. But I was looking down, immersed in my book, and Matt started pointing and telling me, look, look, look. And I looked up just in time, and we saw two whales, just parts and glimpses of their hugeness, their majesty. But it was something, a little something of what we had longed for during our vacation. And heading into this week, I was really, really needing a vacation, some time to myself, some time with my husband, some time away from all of the details of motherhood and from taking care of small people. And with seven days away, I was able to refresh myself and I exercised. I ate very fresh food, drank lots of water, sat by the sea. I read great books. I spent leisure time talking and laughing with Matt. I got lost in nature had good coffee. I saw land that is raw and untouched by development. 
and I spent time walking in a dense forest where the trees are ancient and very sacred feeling. I could have spent more time in that forest. But after all of it, getting everything that I had longed for, I was ready to get back with my kids. I was ready to see them. And Otis really missed us. And he's able, of course, to understand and track time. Coretta seemed to think it was like <laughs> one, one long day. But the last night, while we were still gone, my mom was putting Coretta to bed, and there was this noise outside the window. And Coretta said, what is that? And my mom said, oh, I think it was just the wind. And she said, no, it was Mama. Mama's outside the window. And my mom said, no, Mama's in Hawaii. And Coretta said, no, Papa's in Hawaii. Mama's outside the window. And I laughed out loud when Mom told me this story. I'm so, I'm so glad she thinks that I can always be that close wherever there's a sound she doesn't know. I was excited to get back into my routine, to land on my feet, kind of firmly in the middle of my regular life. But I'm sure that I will long to get away again at some point. And I think because of this time away, I will look at longing a little bit different as something cyclical. And with a light enough touch and open eyes, something that can change form, or at least something that has sensations that can be enjoyed as a whole thing in itself, and not just a road to arrive at something far away. Thank you so much for listening to Things That Will Help podcast today and always. Um, I always love to hear from you. Please write to me and share your longings with me. Um, information on becoming a patron is in the show notes. Um, if you do become a patron, there's a bonus practice episode that you will receive in your inbox each week. And um, you will also be supporting my work and my continuation of the crafting of these topics and stories. And I would deeply appreciate it. Much love and peace to each of you. Thanks so much.